hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. Last week, we uh, looked at a message, and we, we compared, I, I compared myself to the character Dietz in Lonesome Dove. Remember that? Anybody remember that? Dietz, the black guy, Danny Glover, he was the, the scout in Lonesome Dove, right? And he would go ahead of the herd, he would find out what was ahead, and then he'd come back and he would tell Captain Call and Gus McRae how it was going to lay out once they got there, where they were going to be able to cross the river, where the enemy was, where the Indians were, where everything was. He went ahead so that the herd would be successful at getting to what state? Montana, right? They were going to open up a cattle ranch and Lonesome Dove. And so we talked about that. And again, as your pastor, my, my calling is this. I'm to ride ahead of this herd and see what God is wanting us to do and then share that with you and cast that vision so that we can reach the place that God has prepared for us. Does that make sense? And so that's kind of what we talked about last week. And we refocused our our minds and our hearts on the purpose of our church. Do we have our purpose statement? Can you pull that up really quick? Brandon, thank you. This is our purpose. If you don't know this, uh, you're going to know it if you stick around. It says this, and you guys say it with me. Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. Again, our church exists to reach unchurched Western, the unchurched Western culture by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. That's, what, that's the foundation of our church. That will be the foundation until I die. <laughs> or all of us die and or the Lord comes back because that's what God has called us to do. And we kind of looked at our history. We looked at how God has provided so far. Uh, we've looked at he's provided the people, the place, and he's provided the resources. But here's what he asked us to do. Remember the one word? Obey. Obey. If I will obey the Lord then he will fulfill his plan. If I disobey the Lord, then he won't fulfill his plan, right? It's, if I will obey, uh, if you will obey, God will bless our church and he will use us to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to realize something. We are blessed to be a part of this church. Can I get an amen? You are, are blessed, I'm blessed to be a part of something that we're starting from the ground floor, and we're going to get to see God just raise it out of the ground. I don't know about you, but that's a cool thing. One of the coolest things that I think about when I think about this, what God's doing in our church is, uh, this is going to be the biggest project that I will probably be a part of in my lifetime, and probably some of your lifetimes as well. And so again, this is something that's huge. It's not, it's not about me. It's not about you necessarily. It's about the Lord and what he is doing. This project will outlive us, and this project will make a difference in the next generation, not just for me and you. 
And so that's what we're talking about. Um, Today, I want to share with you what I truly believe will be the difference makers in reaching the unchurched Western culture. The difference makers. Here's Here's the truth. Listen to this. It's important to realize that building, 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 buildings never means that we're going to draw people. Building a building doesn't mean that we're going to increase the population of heaven. The truth is this. Listen to this. And you know this to be true. There are churches, there are more churches out in our world today that have more land, they have more money, they have more resources, they have more buildings, and their churches are empty They're dead. And so here's what I want you to get. The truth is not that if we build it, they will come. There's something more to that. And that's what I want to talk about today. What makes the difference? What's going to make the difference in bringing the unchurched Western culture into our church? And and, and more importantly, in a relationship with God. I'm going to give you four biblical commands and I'm done. Okay? Four biblical commands that I believe will lead us to reach the most people for the Lord. John 13 is where we're going to head right here. Jesus is fixing to be crucified and he tells his disciples how they are to live when he leaves. And listen to what he tells them. Listen to this. Look at it on the screen. John 13. It says, now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love what? Each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So do you know what the difference maker is going to be in reaching an unchurched Western culture? It's not a good arena, even though that's going to make a difference to draw them in. It's going to be a great front door to our church. It's not a building. It's not the way it sounds in here. It's love. It's love. Can I, can, I just, can I just tell you the reason that I love this church is because we love people. It's not about your status. It's not about how much money you make. It's not about the car you drive. It's not about any of that. You can walk in here and not have showered for four days, and we may smell you, but we still love you. And we want you to shower. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. And so you think, well, no, let's build all this stuff and they'll come. No, that's not the truth. Love is the answer. Love is what makes the difference. Love is more important than a building. Love is what is going to draw others to Jesus Christ. And you say this, you say, well, who are we supposed to love? What's the verse say? Each other. Number one, we've got to love each other. We've got to love each other. John 15, 13 says this, greater love, no one, greater, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so here's the thing. It, if we're going to see the world come to Christ, we've got to love each other. Now, here's the truth. Listen, a lot of churches, you walk in them and they don't feel like they love each other. Can I get an amen? amen. I've walked into a lot of churches and... I didn't feel the love. But here's the truth. If the world shows up at our church, if someone walks into our church and they see us not loving each other, guess what they're going to do? They're going to walk right back out. Many of you have had bad experiences in other churches. And listen, I'm not going to tell you you're not going to have a bad experience here because you may. Because you know why? We're humans. 
we're humans. But here's the truth. If people will walk into our church and they'll see us loving each other, encouraging each other, serving each other, forgiving each other, you know, giving to each other, listen, they're going to go, hey, this church is a little bit different. They actually like each other. They actually love each other. They're actually serving each other. They're actually, you know, doing things for each other. And so you say, well, what are, who are we supposed to love? First of all, we're supposed to love each other. I mean, you, you walk into some churches and they look like they hate each other. And again, some of you guys want to, not some of you guys, but there's some people that want to walk in and they want to hate on people. <laughs> That's why we had a concealed carry class. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> That's why I got more women packing heat in here than men. Because they never suspect the woman, you know. So you, you say, well, okay, so we're supposed to love each other? Absolutely. And listen, if you want to be a disunity building type of person, if you want to, you know, you don't want to, the drums are going, sorry. Um, if you want to build disunity in this church, we will find you. And, uh, and, and we will do something in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And so, again, you may be thinking, well, are, are, we supposed to, are we supposed to, you know, love each other? Absolutely. You know what the greatest, one of the greatest uh, things the devil does in a lot of churches is he, it gets people to bicker. He gets them to start, you know, worrying about the color of the carpet. And he gets them to start worrying about the things that don't matter. And then the church just falls apart. It's one of the greatest ways that the devil kills the church. But the opposite is true as well. If we will love each other, people will see it. And they will come to the Lord. So number one, we got to love each other. Number two is this. You ready? We got to love the world. Number two, we've got to love the world. Amen? And I want you to get this. You're, you're not saying that you're supposed to love the things of this world. No, we're not supposed to hold tightly onto the things of this world. But we are to love the people of this world. Can I get an amen on that? Again. Because seriously, I mean, some people think, well, it's just about the church. I mean, we love each other. We'll get in our little holy huddle. We'll get in our little Christian corral, and we'll just hang out, and we'll have a good old time loving ourselves. Now, listen, this is where people, and especially religious people, they get it wrong. They, they think, well, if we, just, if we just cuddle together, we'll be fine until Jesus comes back. Now, listen, the Bible has called us to love the world. And you say, well, how do I know? You know how I know? Because God loves the world. John 3.16, maybe you've heard of it. John 3.16 and 17, look at it on the screen. For God so loved the what? The world. It doesn't say, for God so loved the church. For God, it doesn't say God so loved the Christians. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But listen to verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Do you see it? Here, here's a truth that I, I want you to get. I believe that the world knows more about what the church stands against than what the church stands for. And again, you say, well, aren't they supposed to know what we stand against? Don't we stand against abortion, the killing of babies? Don't we stand against, you know, all kinds of other stuff that the Bible says is wrong? Absolutely. And we will stand up for those rights. 
And we will stand up for that, that biblical truth. But here's the thing. I would rather someone that doesn't know Christ know that I love them rather than what I stand against that they're doing. See, some of us want to walk up to people and go, you better stop drinking too much. You better stop smoking. You better stop cussing. You better stop doing all those things. And they're just byproducts of what's wrong in their heart. And if I can change their heart through the power of Jesus, then they'll change all the sin. God will do that. And see, some of you guys need to start, stop picking on the sin and start loving the sinner. Um, by showing, again, the love to the world, they'll come to know them. I've seen it. And I can just hear some people say, you know what? You can't focus too much on love because if you love others too much, you're going to condone their sin. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be a people pleaser, Bo. You can't, you can't love them too much because, you know, you might, you might compromise. And again, I, I am not above compromising. Can I just tell you that? Um, I'm, I'm just as uh, prone to sin as anybody else, right? But here's the thing. Loving others doesn't mean that we candy coat the truth. It doesn't mean that we candy coat sin. It doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth. We still have to speak the truth. But we call sin, sin, and we call the sinner a friend. You get it? I'm going to call somebody's, I'm not going to call them out necessarily, but, but I, at some point, I have to, with all the friends that, I, that don't know Jesus yet, at some point, they're going to have to look face to face with their sin and go, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I had to do it. Everybody that's in this room that's ever been saved had to go, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And so everybody in the world is going to have to do that. But here's the truth. If all I do is expose their sin, if all I do is shed light on their sin, then they'll probably never come to Christ because they don't feel the love of Christ. Does that make sense? So we got to call sin, sin, but we got to call the sinner a friend. Colossians 4, 6 says this, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Your conversation should be full of grace, not condemnation. And here's the fact. Loving the world even means loving those that hate us. <laughs> and you say, Bo, do you have people that hate you? Some. I met one this week. <laughs> um, and I won't tell you who he, who he is or she is. I'm going to leave you hanging there. But I met a guy this week who doesn't like me. Um, and I was out at our land, and I stopped uh, at this place, and I was looking for a sign that I'd set in the ditch to let people know how to get to our, our land, and I was uh, threatened. Uh, I was told that I was going to get shot with a shotgun, and then I was told that I was going to be sued, and, and it was all over the sand blowing into his yard. He says, if you let that sand blow over onto my yard, I'll shoot you. If you let that sand blow over... And, uh, you know, into my yard, I'm going to sue you. And here's what else he said, Bo, you know, Jerry Nine, he hates having the church in the cell barn. And he doesn't, he doesn't want you to be in the cell barn. And, and, and he kept on using the GD. And there's nothing that really offends me. I mean, you can cuss, you can use the F word, you can use all those other words. And it doesn't really bother me. But when you say GD, I, it's like David and Goliath. I want to I cut your head off. And, and again, I'm not saying that bad. But I don't like it when people insult my God. 
I mean, you can say whatever you want to say to me, but if you insult my God, again, and, and can I just be honest with you, and this is the preacher sharing his uh, secrets, I wanted to punch this guy in the face. Can I get a witness? I was going to do it in Jesus' name. I mean, that, that makes all the difference in the world. <clears throat> but, it, but he was, <laughs> never mind. But you say, Bo, what's, what's my role with that guy? You know what my role is? I'm called to love him. I'm called to serve him. You know the only way that I'm ever going to reach that guy? It's not yelling back at him. It's not punching him in the face, even though that might wake him up and I would enjoy it. It's not any of that. And it's loving him. It's the next time that we have a dinner at our new church property. If I take him a meal and say, hey, bud, we had some leftover. Here's some good food. It's, it's going to his house, yeah. It's going to his house and, and seeing some trash in his ditch and picking up the trash and him seeing me serve him. You know what? That's what's going to make a difference to that hater. I'm telling you. You know why? Because I've been there. I've tried to convince the haters in my life to like me, and it doesn't work. I have to serve them for them to see who I really am. And so sometimes we're going to have to love the world, but we're, sometimes we're going to have to love those haters. Number three is this. If we're going to reach, if we're going to be a difference maker, not just build buildings and have nice things, then we have to be culturally relevant. We have to be culturally relevant. And you say, well, okay, Bo, I don't understand that. Let me explain it from the word of God. Paul, one of the greatest writers of the Bible, listen to what he says about being culturally relevant in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says this. He says, though I'm free, I belong and, and belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free, or though I, yeah, though I'm not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law. Now to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all of this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Do you see what that's Paul saying? He became like a Jew to reach the Jews. He became like a Gentile to reach the Gentiles. He became weak to reach the weak. He became strong to reach the strong. He did whatever it took to reach his culture. Whatever it took to reach his culture. Here's the truth. Listen to this. We have a culture where many people are not raised in church. Have you realized that yet? And you say, oh, uh, uh, yeah, those people, yeah, those are the ones we don't want. No, listen, those are the ones that we're after. You, no, no, we got to just go for the Christians. No, 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 those are the ones that we're after. So here's the thing. If I'm going to reach those people, I have to be culturally relevant to them. Do you get it? Um, there, there are many churches that cater to the mature Christian, and they preach sermons that only a scholar would understand. Do you, do you, do you hear what I'm saying? They preach sermons that only a scholar would understand. Here's the thing. I, I, we feel led by God at this church to reach out to those that don't know Christ. 
And if I'm going to do that, then I have to preach messages that people are going to understand. You know how many times uh, people come up to me and they say, man, hey, Bo, thank you for preaching the messages where I can understand them. Um, and, and again, I, you know, people say, people say this to me as well. And again, these are the religious people. They say, Bo, you're just dumbing down the message. You're, you're just, you're just uh, taking away the true meaning of the message. You know what I want to say to them? Bull crap. I mean that in love, but bull crap. That's bull crap. You know what we're trying to do at this church? We're trying to do what Jesus did. You know what Jesus did? Jesus looked around. When he wanted to make an illustration, you know what he did? He looked around and he said, see the lilies of the field? You see that horse over there? You see that ocean right there? You see all these sparrows? You see all these birds? You see all this stuff? You see all these racers? I mean, they had had track and field back then. He related scripture to the track and field. He related it to everything in their culture so that he could reach them. And again, some people, you know, they're like, well, you know, Bo, you, God doesn't need your cleverness to get his message across. And can I just say, those people that say that are the same sourpuss people whose churches are dying. At Thousand Hills, listen, at Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we will use whatever methods necessary to reach the unchurched while never seeking to compromise the message Listen, my message is not built on my creativity. My creativity is built on the message. Because you know why? It's the message of Jesus Christ that gives it power, not my cleverness. And so again, we've got to be culturally relevant. Here's the last one, and we're done. Ready? The last thing that's going to be a difference maker in our church, we are committed to creating and equipping self-feeders. And you say, what's that mean? Let me explain it. Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And what? What's the next word? T word. Teaching them to what? Obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know what we're also committed to and what's going to make a difference in our world? We are committing to creating self-feeders, and we are commanded by God to teach others how to feed themselves God's word. You get it? And you say, well, how do we do that? Well, we teach you the Bible on Sunday mornings. We teach you the Bible on Wednesday nights. We ask you to serve on a team so that you can grow in your faith. We ask you to to give, you know, your time, to give your talents so that you can grow in your faith. Here's the thing, and and I see this in in a lot of churches, and I was a part of it uh, in a lot of churches. A lot of churches, they'll create 13 Bible studies a week, and they'll, they'll have those 13 Bible studies 52 weeks out of the year. And, and then, then that, and, and again, I'm not saying that's wrong, but for me, for me, we're not going to do it. Here's why. I believe that they create spiritually obese people who just sit around and go, feed me, feed me. And they can't even digest what they, they were fed 13 times that week. 
So here's what we've decided to do. We've decided that we were going to teach you. We're going to give you the Bible. We'll, we've given hundreds of Bibles away. We're going to teach you how to read your Bible, not just teach you, not just read the Bible to you. We're going to teach you how to pray, not just pray for you. We're going to teach you how to win your friends to the Lord, not just win your friends to the Lord for you. Do you see what I'm saying? And so we have created intense Bible studies on Wednesday night, verse by verse, for two hours, for six weeks or eight weeks. You know why? Because we want to equip you, we want to share the word with you, and then we want to send you out so that you can feed yourself. If I can teach someone to feed themselves, they'll never go hungry spiritually. It's the whole phrase, give a man a fish and you'll, you'll feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. And so listen, some of you guys are coming and you're like, Bo, I'm, I'm just going to come to your church and I'm just going to sit back and you're just going to feed me. You may starve one of these days. Because it's my desire to feed you and I will. And our church is about feeding people. But here's what, what our greater desire. If I can teach you to feed yourself, you don't need me. You can feed yourself spiritually no matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing. And so here's the thing. In closing, God has called us to love each other, to love the world, to be culturally relevant, and to teach others to obey God's word. That's what he's called us to do. And, and again, these are what's truly going to make a difference in the world, not building a building. And can I just say this? Other than God and my family, I'm committed to those four commands. And I'm committed to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. And I ask you to commit as well. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Some of you guys are new to church, and you say, well, why are we bowing our heads? Why are we close our eyes? Again, it's just so that you can kind of focus so that you're not distracted. There's nothing real spiritual about it. But here's the thing. Here's what I want to ask you. Are you committed to those commands? Are you committed to loving others, other Christians, other people in the church? Here's the one that'll get you. Are you committed to loving those that are outside the church? Are you, are you committed to being culturally relevant? I mean, are you committed to reaching people where they're at rather than expecting them to be reached where we're at? And are you becoming a self-feeder yourself? And are you teaching your children, teaching your friends how to feed themselves? Listen, if we're going to make a difference we got to be committed more to, to the Word of God and to what God says is more important than it is to building buildings. And so are you committed to those things? Are you committed to God? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ so that He can change your life? Again, it's not about being a moral person. Morality won't get you into heaven. Being a good old boy won't get you into heaven. It's only through knowing and, and believing and, and accepting Jesus Christ into your life. That's the only way to get to heaven. 
And so are you committed to Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? Are you committed to the church that he's placed you in or do you just come and say, feed me? Again, I want you to know as your pastor, I'm committed to Thousand Hills and, and I'm Lord willing, I'll be here till I die. But more important than being committed to even a church, I'm committed to the Lord. And I, I'm asking you to commit with me. Commit with me to reach the unchurched, to see people's lives change, see their marriages saved, see their kids saved, to see something that, that only God can do that I can't explain, that's not on the bulletin, that's not on the, you know, the, the agenda, but is on God's agenda and that he wants to do in a, in a major, major way. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of it. Here's the thing. If you, if you're, if you got issues with someone in our church, you need to make it right. You need to love them. That's between you and the Lord, but, but he wants you to, he wants you to hear me say, you need to get right with that person. If you have issues with love in the world, and I know some people are jerks, I know some people are rude, but listen, those are the people that you ought to run to and say, you know what, Jesus changed my life and he can change yours. And you ought to show them that through love. So maybe that's your commitment today. Lord, give me a love for the world, for the people of the world. Give me a love for you, a love for this church. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. If you have more questions or want to make a decision or you want more information about Christ or whatever, listen, we, we, want, to, we want to give you that information. As you walked in today, you got a booklet that will explain everything about serving in the church, about coming to Christ, about baptism, about all that. We pray that you will use that for yourself. And then if you need to just give it away, give it to someone else so that they can understand what we know, and that is that Christ loved them. He loves them. Lord, we come to you and I thank you for an opportunity to preach your word because it's the greatest book ever written. It's not a history um, fairy tale. It's the truth. And so thank you for allowing me to be able to preach the truth. And thank you for allowing me to preach it with my sins forgiven. And I pray that someone here today, that they would find that their sins can be forgiven as well. And they can have eternal life by giving their life to you. They can get rid of, of all the sin, all their past, all their guilt, all their shame. And they can be released and set free and washed as white as snow. And so I pray that, that someone in here would give their life to you today. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for the difference that it's making. And we pray that you would continue to focus our eyes on what's really going to make a difference. And that's sharing your love. And so, Lord, we praise you and we thank you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com, or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.